You're listening to the Digital Barbell Podcast. Our mission is to provide you with a clear path to health and fitness through education, coaching, and accountability. We are your hosts, Jonathan and Blakely Fletcher, and we are here to serve you. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a five-star review so that we can reach more people. You can find us daily on Instagram and Facebook at Digital Barbell. Now, let's get to today's topic. All right, guys, welcome to the Digital Barbell Podcast. Thank you for being here. As always, thank you for any ratings and reviews that you leave us. It definitely helps us get more people to find the podcast. So thank you. We have a special episode today. We've got some guests in the house, and we're going to be talking about some nutrition-related stuff. We're not recording a video, but to my left, we have Alex Macklin. To my right, we have Brianna French, correct? And we're going to be talking about tracking calories, tracking macronutrients. Is this something that you should do? Is it a sustainable approach to nutrition? What are the pros and the cons? I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. And we just finished up a pretty fun workout, too. Yeah. What was y'all's impression of the workout that Blakely wrote us today? I liked it. I mean, it was, uh, I felt good afterward. I haven't done in like a conditioning CrossFit uh-huh. workout, but I feel, actually, because I've been doing so much jujitsu and boxing, I, I felt pretty good for, with it. Yeah. 25 swings right out of the, the gate. Second one, the second one was definitely <laughs> one was the definitely worst. worst. Yeah. With the shoulders <laughs> and then the farmer carries, that was, that was definitely the worst, worst one. My sure. grip was already pretty lit up. Yeah. My grip's pretty strong. I, I'm good with that. <laughs> my shoulders were definitely on fire yeah what so you tell us about what you've been training lately uh i mean i i, I train brazilian jiu-jitsu i've been doing that for about four years almost so yeah so that's mostly what i do i still lift mm-hmm. um and uh but most of the time i'm, I'm training jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. what's the biggest thing that carries over from weightlifting to jiu-jitsu oh i mean you still use a lot of like hip explosiveness I mean, if you need to, you know, uh, get out from underneath somebody, you're going to have to use some, a little bit maybe explosiveness and, you know, there's other techniques to it, but yeah, there's still some like instances where you got to use some, some hit power. My yeah. gut was going to be that you said bicep curls. Cause that's the, cho- <laughs> that's the, cho- that's the choke out muscle. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, no. Nah. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some elements too of like pressing actually, like any kind of rowing horizontal movements. Cause I mean, with the gi on, you're grabbing people's collars or sleeves and you're often trying to pull them into you. So a lot of rows, a lot of rowing type movements. So that's, that's actually something that like dumbbell over. rows, bent yeah, over like rows. any kind of dumbbell rows, bent over rows that pull like using your lats. A lot of things in jujitsu, you use your, obviously, obviously your bigger muscles. Like if mm-hmm. you want to choke somebody, you're oftentimes using your back to choke somebody and to create the leverage, not necessarily your arms, because your arms get burnt out. You're using yeah. the bigger muscles to choke people. Yeah, you're grabbing. At least that's the idea. Yeah, that's yeah, the point. Exactly. Whether or not people who don't lift get that, yeah. who knows. Yeah, because I guess last time you were here, we rumbled around on the ground a little bit, and you put me <laughs> in an arm bar or something like that. And really, you're you're grabbing somebody and kind of like in a hinge position, then you're opening up the hips yeah. to break yeah, their you're, arm. Yeah, you're, the, arm, the arm is over your hips, and then you're isolating the, the joint. 
above and below and then basically your elbow is right at the fulcrum and that's where and you apply you apply the pressure and with the, your hips and then that's how your elbow pops and the arm <laughs> the arm doesn't bend that way that, that's exactly right yeah, yeah brianna even though we're um we're going to talk about nutrition today you're a nutrition coach also alex is a nutrition coach what do you do for training also because i know you train and you train other people too um pretty much the same thing as alex right now actually so right now lifting wise uh, more on the bodybuilding side of things and then um for about the past what like six months now i've been training jujitsu as well okay so cool it's been fun to get into that and do conditioning of some sorts and yeah yeah it's like all the rage right now I feel what, like it, it is it's becoming it really is. like the it thing to do it is it's like the crossfit <laughs> of 2009 yeah i feel like a lot of old like crossfitters and powerlifters and weightlifters they're just like getting into jujitsu <laughs> i think you're right like you know in our training has evolved over time we did only crossfit yeah. for a long time and now that we're in our 40s like we've changed we can't do that all the time it's not sustainable yeah. and i feel like you know we've evolved into more hypertrophy style training in addition to crossfit but i do see a lot of people right now combining strength training with martial arts mm -hmm. it's interesting mm -hmm. do you think a lot of it has to do with how much ufc is popular I don't know. I think it's just something different. Like for me, I just, I mean, I got burnt out just doing weightlifting and then, um, just was looking for something new to challenge my body physically. Mm -hmm. And then also something to learn. Like there's a lot to learn. So, yeah. you know, it's just, it's very similar to like weightlifting, um, or CrossFit where there's just skills that you have to learn. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's just fun and it's difficult and yeah. it's very physically challenging. Yeah, yeah, the mental aspect's way different, I feel like, than lifting because a lot of people will call it, like, chess kind of mm. with your body mm -hmm. because you're having to, you know, your body's learning these different ways to move your body, but then you're also having to think about what the other person's going to do and yeah. trying to yeah. play around with that as well. You can't just react. I mean, sometimes you do, but, but oftentimes, like, yeah, I mean, you have to have, um, sometimes you do things to, like, make another person do something and then you know that's they're going to be their option like they have maybe like one or two options that they have to do and then you're just ready to ready to capitalize on that option yeah, whatever set them do. up you set them up exactly <laughs> exactly well i don't know if we're going to roll around today but <laughs> <laughs> i'm a little bit i'm a little bit more skilled now than when we first when i first came well in then here, we're so, definitely not yeah. rolling because <laughs> i was at your mercy last time uh, as yeah. it was <laughs> Well, let's talk about, um, we were talking about this when we were training and we thought it would be a good topic to bring up on this episode of the podcast, just about, um, you know, we're all nutrition coaches here and we all use counting calories, counting macros as a tool with some of our clients at some point in their journey, probably to help them achieve a result, whether it's fat loss, performance, strength, all that stuff. Am I right in that assumption? Yeah, for sure. And the thing that's just been on my mind a lot lately is, is, is calorie counting the right tool? It is a tool, like a lot of things when it comes to nutrition, but how can we look at this tool in a way that makes it something sustain, no, not something sustainable for something, but for somebody, but as a useful tool for the time that they're using it, but also as something that sets them up for long-term success. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? Well, weren't you saying too, it's like, cause I've had that same feeling too. Sometimes like, uh, am I, am I doing this person a disservice by, you know, making them or having them count their calories or count their macronutrients? Like, am I, am I setting them up for, um, you know, failure or setting them up for like, 
a long-term poor relationship with food or not like giving them the tools to just be okay eat like a normal person like where you don't have to like track every single thing that you eat and you know but you know what i was saying is that i think that like we were talking about it's like it's a tool Mm -hmm. right like we have tools that we use and then when we need them we bust them out but if we don't need them anymore we put them away but we still have the knowledge that we've gained from using this tool right like so if you like the way i see tracking is is that it's it's a way to develop some awareness about what you're doing because i mean think about this like can you tell me what you ate three days ago I, I can't tell you what I ate three days ago right. for sure. Like I don't even know. So so like if I can't tell you what I ate three days ago, how is anybody else like the normal person who goes throughout their day gonna know like what they ate three days ago, right? Mm-hmm. So having this tool to be able to you know record and bring some, I think what it is just more awareness about what your behaviors are, so that you can a identify things that okay maybe i need to change this because i noticed that oh like i'm eating three cookies every day at night and you know Mm -hmm. these and then i'm and i don't know why i'm not you know losing losing weight or losing what body fat but i'm eating three cookies a day maybe i should not eat three cookies every single day it kind of takes somebody from the place of feeling like they eat pretty good to actually having a specific number to put to it like you said that brings that awareness because i think people they a lot of people when they start nutrition coaching with us you know we ask them well what is your diet kind of like now and we're, we find out in the first week or so but pretty much the answer usually is pretty good oh i love that answer <laughs> oh yeah i think i eat pretty good I, I yeah eat, like except I, for friday saturdays and i Sundays. eat clean <laughs> yeah. like yeah yeah but then you know the the entering what you you eat into an app or even just writing it down or sending pictures to your coach. Like you said, it it heightens the awareness. Mm -hmm. Why don't we step back a little bit and just in case somebody's listening to this and doesn't really know what counting macros is, just give a quick summary of what that is. So when we work with somebody, we find out what their goal is, whether it's to lose fat, build muscle, we figure out about how many calories we think that it takes to keep them where they are now. And then we create either a surplus or a deficit of calories to cause fat loss or muscle gain. And then underneath those total calories, we break down their number of calories into the macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fat. We divide that out by how many calories are in each gram of each and give them a relative goal. That's what what macro counting is, otherwise known as food Tetris. (laughs) So that's kind of what it is. There's four calories per gram of protein and carbs, nine calories per gram of fat, you multiply that all out yeah. over the course of the day and you get to your calorie goal. Yeah. That's what calorie counting is. Do you ever, cause I do this sometimes with people. Do you ever like, um, you know, if people are new to tracking macros or tracking calories, a lot of times what I'll just do is I'll just say, say, Hey, I just want you to track your food. Mm-hmm. Like I just want you to write down in this, in this app, you know, everything that you eat and drink, you know, weigh it out. I, I try to get them into like that part first if they've never tracked their calories before. Cause sometimes again, just like giving them targets, like right off the bat, like they're like, I don't know how to hit that. I don't know. How to, I don't know how to hit this target. I'm doing poorly. It's like, again, it's like I'm failing already. So I'm just like, Hey, all right, let me just say, just track your food. And so that we can see what you're eating. And then what we can do is if we see after a week that you're eating, 
you know, X many calories, X many grams of protein, carbs, fats, or whatever, then we can start to now make some targets that, okay, if your protein is not high enough, then we can try to get you a little bit closer to that pro- ultimate, you know, protein goal. Do you ever do that with your yeah, client? I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about a client right now who I have going through that process. He's been working with me for about a month and we started with food pictures using mm-hmm. the hand rule as a guide for how much portions to take of protein, carbs, and fat per meal. And then we started estimating just the amount of protein in each meal. Mm -hmm. And now he's tracking for me two days a week in my fitness pal, but not with a specific goal at all. So we're still doing the, um, the written log on five days a week, two days logging in my fitness pal. And it's helping me see where his protein, carbs, and fat are already coming in now based on the skills he's built in building portions. And then I can, you know, let's say his protein comes in 25% under what I think would be ideal for him helps me think of suggestions we can change to his preferences that he already has based on the last month without so much pressure to hit individual goals. And see, I think that that's really important because like if people, like if you, if you've never tracked your food before or never counted macros or try to hit targets, giving somebody, you know, all right, every day I want you to hit X many grams of protein, carbs, fats, that's like throwing in the deep end of a swimming pool, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, I think that's another thing too, that where people get really overwhelmed about tracking because they start off trying to do maybe the pinnacle of what tracking food is when they really should just try to meet themselves where they are mm-hmm. and just say, Hey, like, I'm just going to just going to write down what I'm eating and try to be honest with that. And then I can see, okay, where can I make some changes or maybe give themselves like one target? Like, Hey, uh, I know protein is important and, you know, maybe I'm 180 pounds and I'm only eating hundred grams of protein a day and I probably should be eating closer to like a gram per pound. Okay. Maybe I should try to shoot for like 150, right? I can probably do that if I change a few things in this, in this, in this day that I have. Yeah. I'll admit like, you know, as a new coach, I gave everybody protein, carbs, and fat goals, mm-hmm. like pretty much right off the bat. And I've learned through experience that it's not that important, honestly, to have a carbohydrate and a yeah, fat goal. It's not. If you have a total calorie goal, you have a protein and a fiber goal and you get, you know, within a hundred calories on either side of yeah. your calorie goal each day, and you get within 10 to 20 grams of your protein goal every day consistently, you're, you're going to make progress in whichever direction you want to go. But I think like, the thing is, if tr- if tracking calories is a tool, just like going on keto is a tool, then it can be done in a healthy way or it can be done in an su- unsustainable way. And our nature as humans is to want to go to the extreme to get the fastest results, to mm-hmm. be all in, to be hyper-focused. So most people don't want to take that. I don't, Not most people, but our tendency is to want to be like, all right, how, you told me how many how much calories and protein I need. Well, obviously I need to know how much carbohydrate and fat I need to go all in, but maybe that's just not the most sustainable approach to making this whole thing work for somebody. Yeah. I mean, it's also not sustainable to, to try to again, be perfect. That, that is like, that is the biggest thing. We talked about this before. I mean, I've, I've talked about, I talk about this all the time. It's just this, this all or nothing mentality. And, and a lot of people, and I will say a lot of people, because that is the majority, like I see that all the time is taking, again, something like tracking food to it's either perfect 
or it's not. And if it's not perfect and it's not right, then I'm messing up and I can't do this or I'm not going to do this because I cannot do it right. And that's what kills, I think, people the most with it or makes it even more stressful because, again, they're thinking like, well, if I don't hit exactly these targets as they are and I don't do this every single day, then I'm not going to make the progress that I want. But that's simply not true. It's not the case. Like I can I can show people like I've had clients that like, hey, like, their, their tracking is not perfect, but they make progress because even if it's not perfect, they're still doing it on a consistent basis and, you know, trying to come as close as possible and things happen, but they're still trying to, to try to hit those targets. And it's, and it's not like, Hey, if I, you know, was over one day, then screw it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go off mm-hmm. completely because I already messed up and there's no point in doing this. That's what messes people up. And I think that, you know, and I'm not, I don't, I can't speak for everybody, but I just can only speak for experiences that I've had with, you know, uh, clients coming into me and they're saying like, yeah, I was working with a coach or a coaching group or company or whatever. And then the coach was like, if you're not on, you know, five within five grams of carbs and protein and then two grams of two grams of fat, you need to get better. You're not tracking good enough. Like that's just why you're that's I'm like, that's not it. That is the so coach. Unsustainable. Yeah. Well, the coach is the coach at that point. If somebody's not tracking to the level that, you know, uh, you feel like you need to, then you need to address whatever behaviors, not say you just need to track better. Like, <laughs> like you just need you just need to track better, like figure out, OK, why are they off? Right. And then maybe again, it's like, OK, well, if we still can't get you to be on the target like we are, maybe we need to change how we are tracking so that at least we can do something consistent to this target. Like maybe again, it's like, hey, how about we just focus on your protein for right now? Mm-hmm. Let's get that settled out and then we can look at the other targets or whatever, you know? Yeah, you just brought you made me think of so many things. Right. <laughs> but one thing going back a little bit was you were talking about the all or nothing mentality. And I think one of the ways people can develop an unhealthy relationship with tracking macros is by really diving into that all or nothing mentality when it comes to going on trips, um, going out to restaurants, mm-hmm. meals that are difficult to track recipes, yeah. those, those kinds of things. I, I can't, I've lost track of how many times I heard somebody say like, you know, I, cu- I couldn't track my lunch. I couldn't. And then, couldn't. The, and then there, therefore they did not track their dinner the or rest the of the day or yeah. the three yeah. beers yeah. they decided to have after the fact, all because that one meal was difficult to track. And the thing I warn clients about is you have this switch in your mind that you can either choose to turn on or off it's the all or the nothing, but you have to, you have to stop that knowing that you you have to break the cycle of thinking that because I cannot do this one thing perfectly, I'm not going to, you know, it's not all over. Like you can't flip that switch. You just have to do your best. Give yourself grace when you, when it's difficult, know that it's not going to be perfect and then move on to the next thing. And then the second thing came to mind was this is the reason that I get, um, all of our nutrition coaches, myself and Haley, we get access to our clients, food logs also, not just seeing their total protein, carbs, and fat, because if you're just focused on hitting the numbers, that's not a sustainable lifestyle. We want to dig into your actual food log, Mm -hmm. see what you're eating (laughs) that's moving you towards adding up to those numbers so we can make suggestions for your overall health Mm -hmm. also. Yeah. You know, I think when 
tracking macros became popular, it was all the IIFYM, like, you know, how many Pop-Tarts can I fit into this day? And that's a great way to develop a disordered relationship with food. I agree. By going that direction. So is, are we, are we doing the right thing long-term by having people track calories? Do you think all in all? Man, we'll give the classic classic answer. It depends. <laughs> yep. And when I say we, I guess there's two ways to go about this. You go about it with a coach that has experience and knows the pitfalls to look for, or you just download, you know, something online that, that you plug in some numbers and you just go about it hitting these numbers, you know, trying to play the food Tetris game to make the numbers work out right. And I think that approach is probably going to end up poorly for most people and it's going to be as unsustainable of a quote diet as pretty much anything else that they try. Mm -hmm. Just like everything, there's a, there's a healthy way to go about something in an unhealthy way. Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely depends on the person, um, you know, maybe their diet history or their, you know, someone who has a history of like maybe, you know, eating disorder, you know, tracking, maybe, you know, triggering to them because, you know, it's one of those things where, again, it's like trying to uh, create control over things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, kind of what I was saying earlier is that, um, you know, again, looking at tracking food as a tool, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if this is the best analogy, but this is an analogy that came up in my head when we were talking. It was like, OK, if we take a hammer, we look at a hammer. Right. If we use the hammer to build something that we enjoy, something that helps us the hammer is, 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 yeah, it's helpful. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we take the hammer and then go to our car and our house and like break every single window in the house, then it's not, it's not helpful. Yeah. But it's just the hammer. It's how we're using the tool that is determining whether or not something is healthy or not. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what you were saying earlier is spot on about like, are we using the tool in a healthy manner? And that become that's from the individual, the person using, and then also to, you know, guidance from the from the coach if they have a coach, right? Is the coach creating a um, a situation or environment where the client and the individual can use this tool in a healthy way? Yeah, yeah. What are the, their expectations? Exactly, because again, if you have somebody, if you have somebody who you're you're having help you, right? And you don't know how to use this tool, and they're and they're showing you a way to use it in perhaps a very unsustainable or an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. Then that's what your that's what your perception of this tool is going to be mm-hmm. unhealthy. But if you have a person that's showing you how to use it in a useful in a healthy way, and then that adds value to your life, then it becomes something that is helpful and valuable, and maybe. You don't have to use this tool all the time. Like, you know, you don't have to if you if it depends on, you know, whatever you want to accomplish. But you can just as easily if you learn how to just if you learn how to go from using the tool to not using the tool and not really much changes, then Mm. it's almost like indifference. I could use the tool. I could not have to use the tool. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like as Blakely and I are in a in a cut right now, like we went long time without tracking anything and we have the skills to you know quote eat healthy without without tracking but because we don't want this cut to take forever we're using the tool exactly to accomplish the task faster exactly um you made me think about something else when you were talking about that 
I already dropped out of my mind though. But, um, oh yeah, I remember what it was. I always picture tracking food, tracking calories and macros as just a part of the life cycle of a person's nutrition journey. When I start with a new client, they don't start out unless they have previous experience and we have a super focused goal in a limited amount of time. We don't go straight to tracking calories 99% of the time picture it like a wave that goes up and then back down. We start with this, the bottom of the wave and we're picking the low hanging fruit of the habits. And then as we get more and more detailed and we, we come up to tracking food. And then as we accomplish our goal or becomes a burden on the person, we ride the wave back down to eating intuitively, not the same way that they were eating before, but you know, in a more sustainable way that doesn't require the tracking. Do you ever transition clients off of tracking into a more intuitive approach? Um, actually, I want. Well, I'm Brianna, Brianna has. I know. Like, actually, <laughs> yeah, like, not yeah. to answer your question, but I think you made a really solid point there with the, you know, the eating intuitively post tracking being different than how they're eating before, mm-hmm. because with tracking you can bring around like we were talking about earlier, it can bring so much awareness Mm -hmm. around your eating. And so once you've used that tool to learn more about what um, eating more for your goals or even just for general health or, you know, kind of to maintain your own body weight can look like, you're much more equipped to be able to do that without tracking Mm -hmm. than before without any of that awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I I think too... um I mean, that's, that's the ideal situation, right? Like, um, but I wonder too, sometimes, um, you know, if people stop tracking, um, you know, the wheels should not come off, right? Like that, that shouldn't happen. And if that's happening, then I think there's something else that you have to start addressing, right? Like you have to go back again. It's at the root, your behaviors, Mm -hmm. right? Like the tracking is supposed to create awareness so that you can change behaviors and make those into like new lifestyle lifestyle habits right like if you were a person that like again like you know going back to the example like if you if you you know would eat a bunch of dessert and treats at night and you start tracking you stop doing that because perhaps like you realize like oh that's actually not because i'm hungry it's just because maybe i'm bored or i'm stressed out and you change that behavior you recognize that like okay well i need to do something differently and then all that kind of stuff um then yeah but if if you stop tracking and then all that stuff comes back then you need to go back and evaluate what actual habits and lifestyle changes need to be made and maybe you do need to bring i think maybe sometimes you do need to get back into doing that because again it's about creating that awareness because you cannot create change without knowing what you're actually doing Mm -hmm. and i feel like too like if you get off of tracking and all of your eating habits go back to what they were before or are completely in disalignment with like how you want to eat and your own goals with your body, then it's more so looking at your relationship with food as a whole. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, to add to that, I think another thing I think a lot of people uh, get really caught up on the sustainability or saying like they can't track anymore because there's a lot out there. We see it. People are just not properly nourishing themselves. I mean, I see this all the time. 
people trying to track their calories or track their macros and you've got a very active human person, you know, I'll just maybe use like an active woman, you know, who trains five times a week and she's trying to track on, you know, 1500 calories. It's inappropriate. And of course, like anytime that we have this like restrictive or inappropriate you know, target or structure, then yeah, then we for sure are going to have problems with it because it's seen as something that is limiting or restrictive. Whereas if you are tracking your food and then you are properly nourishing yourself or eating an appropriate amount of, of calories, then, then it becomes almost a very free freeing thing. Like, Oh, like look how much space that I have to mm-hmm. enjoy the things that I want to enjoy and still feel the way that I want to feel and get the result that I want to get. Like, so that's another thing I think too. It's like why maybe sometimes people even go back to their old ways is because again, like you were not doing something, even if you were tracking your, your, while you were tracking, whatever you were doing was also not sustainable either. Right. Yeah. You just swapped unsustainable things. Yeah. <clears throat> you made me think of something else. Then I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I remember what it was. I wanted to make an Instagram post about this, but Everybody knows, or I hope everybody knows that at the end of the day, the only way to get sustainable results is behavior change, like you said. And the behavior change that you need to achieve fat loss is not the behavior of tracking macros. You need to change the behavior of what your default decisions are for your overall nutrition habits. And if you're tracking macros just as a tool to achieve a result without working on those underlying habits, forget it. You're never going to be able to transition off of it. You're going to get to a point where you get burnout on the tracking and either slowly those old habits are going to creep back in or all at once you're just going to stop and go back to the way that you were. That's church, man. (laughs) So that's the, that's one way I think people can, you know, use macro tracking as an unhealthy tool Mm -hmm. and you, you know, so much of nutrition is tied in with emotions, your family history, you know, what are the coping mechanisms that you have? If you're, if you're just pushing those things aside and using macro tracking as a tool to achieve a result without dealing with those underlying issues, the coping mechanism of using food for comfort is always going to come back and win at the end of the day. Yeah. There there's, I've, I've heard a lot of people say too, it's like, like the tracking keeps them accountable. But again, like that's not, that's not the behavior change we're looking for. That's not what we're looking for. Exactly. Like, because again, it's like, what if you don't track, then what happens again? Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's using it as a crutch at that point, you know, something that, um, you're dependent upon, which, which is not a, this not a long-term play. Yeah. One of the things that like, as I've gotten more experience in coaching people is I've tried to become more aware of (laughs) more aware of making them aware, making my (laughs) clients aware of what they're doing and what they think they're doing that they can't sustain. So sometimes on their calendar for their check-in that week, I'll put a question that says like, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? If anything that you can't see yourself maintaining as a lifestyle. I love that question. Yeah, makes awesome. them. That's a great question. Tell me. I'm going to put that on my check-ins now, <laughs> from now on. I and love that. Yeah. Or, in, or sometimes like I start to get the sense that somebody's getting burnt out on tracking and I'll put on their calendar. Like, um, you know, do you think that if you stop tracking one day per week, 
on a normal day, could you maintain the habits that oh, yeah. we've been working on building? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, then we test it out and then we yeah. go to two. And that's the that. way we transition yeah, awesome. to intuitive. You can almost see that happening too. Like, I mean, you can like, I, I'll, I'll have clients that like they're tracking, they're tracking, they're tracking, they're killing it. And then you see like it just trails, it starts to trail off and it's, and it's like, all right, then we have to, we, and I do have that conversation with people. It's like, Hey, like, you know, I notice, you know, you haven't been tracking your food as much and things like that. Like, um, you know, what's going on there. And then usually it comes out, it's like, Hey, yeah, it's been, you know, I don't know if I'm, you know, want to continue to track food mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, well maybe we need to take a little tracking break or whittle down that. And we can come up with other ways to still, you know, be aware of what you're doing. Um, and then, you know, evaluate whether or not like, okay, do we need to make any more changes to your lifestyle? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you really can only learn that through being an empathetic person <laughs> yeah. through experience. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really planning on bringing this up cause it might be sensitive or touchy, but this is something I've thought about too. Um, because there's been things in my life where I wanted to make a change. So I've like grabbed a friend and I'm like, here's the thing I'm trying to do. Hold me accountable mm-hmm. to do it. Like check in on me every week. Yeah. And, and I do that and sometimes they fall through, sometimes they don't, but it made me start thinking about just accountability in general, because when somebody hires us to coach them, they're paying for, you know, our expertise and guidance, but they're also paying for accountability. And I don't know that some people really want accountability. I think that some people think they want accountability, but if somebody hires somebody for accountability and they're not really the person who's open to feedback, it can kind of create this almost like tension and resentment Mm. because somebody's holding you accountable for something that you would rather just kind of be left alone and slide by with. Have you ever felt any tension like that where you, you know, you have a client who's really not participating in the process, but you want to do your best because you, you're a good coach and you, you follow up with them, but it's almost like you feel like this tension building. Well, so that, that brings up a, a great point or a great thought that I and it's something I always tell people is that, um, so you, I tell people this and I, this is something that I believe personally, the only person that can keep you accountable is yourself. Mm-hmm. That's it. What you're asking for when you say to, for somebody else to keep you accountable is you're asking for consequences because the consequences are, oh, I'm paying this person and I'm not doing my thing or they're calling me out on it and I don't like how that feels, uh-huh. right? That is a consequence. But the accountability has to come from you. The coach or another person can create um, an environment mm-hmm. where you can keep yourself accountable. For example, like a coach can have um, check-in structure, right? Like, hey, we're going to talk every week or every two weeks or whatever, and we're going to talk about how you're doing, right? So that is a way for you to be honest, hopefully, mm-hmm. with yourself about how you are doing, right? How you are progressing towards these goals that you you have said that are important to me, yeah. right? And that is, to me, that is what accountability is. It's, it's is this goal truly important to me do i actually want to achieve this goal and that's and if i'm not achieving this goal i'm not making progress to this goal then i'm letting myself not have this thing that i said that i wanted Mm -hmm. and how does and that's really the the thing that keeps i think that's ultimately what accountability is that's that tension feeling because like it's uncomfortable when somebody thinks that they want to 
accomplish something right. because they don't like that feeling that they're not doing right. it. And as right. a coach, you're the one who has to kind of like you, you help them do it, but you also have to bring up like, Hey, you're not doing the thing that you said you wanted to do. <laughs> you can't make anybody do anything. Like <laughs> right. I cannot make any person do anything that they do not want to do. Yeah. Like for me, jujitsu, like my, my professor cannot make me come to class, but I'm choosing to come to class because it's important to me and I have this goal and I want to see it through. And that is what he's just creating this accountability by creating the class structure, by creating, you know, belt ranks or whatever. Like, but that's not, he cannot make me do anything. You're coming from a place of great awareness knowing that, but I think that a lot of people struggle with that, you know? Yeah. Tell me you haven't lost sleep at night, like worrying about a client that you wish you could make change. But, but yeah, and that, and that's tough. That's yeah. tough because again, it's like, you know, uh, you, you want to so help them. them. Yeah. You want to help them. But I think again, it's like we can create the oppor- we can create the environment, but ultimately the decision of whether to make change happen or do the work or show up or wherever we want to say it is ultimately always going to be on you. It is your, is your choice. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's true. You just, you just, I just you, dropped the mic. I'm leaving right now. <laughs> We're going outside. We're going to lunch right now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, what do you think, Brianna? I need a more specific question about, I mean, you, about, you know, wanting something so bad for a client, it's like accountability, but, but being able to like step outside of it and know that you can provide, you know, the consequences and the structure, but, at the end of the day, they're the ones putting the food into their mouth. Right. I mean, that's the biggest thing with coaching is helping them. Really, as coaches, we're just giving them the tools and structure, like you said, the environment. But all the work and the actual results come from them putting in the work. And for them to put in the work, they have to show up to it. They have to rise to the occasion. Not everybody's ready for that. I think that's kind of part of what you were saying, where people maybe think they want mm-hmm. something or think they want accountability but yeah it's that this is a great quote but you ask somebody do you want to be a healthy person or do you want to want to be a healthy person like do you actually want to make the changes to be a healthy person or do you just like feel like you want to end up a healthy person yeah do you love the thought of it yeah mm-hmm. right right it, yeah. Like, is your, is your health a priority or do you want your health to be a priority? And yeah. It takes and, But what are the blocks to that? Cause maybe right. some people kind of fall somewhere in the middle there and there's blocks. And so kind of working through what are those blocks yeah. and how can we get over them? Yeah. That's a great point. It's like, you want to be a healthy person, but you don't know how to do it in the, in the context of your life, which is where a coach can, can help with, right? A coach can look outside and be objective and say, okay, and like come up with strategies and things like that. But at the, at the ultimate end though, it still has to be whether you follow through with, you know, these actions. And the thing is, is that, and we talked, I talked about like the consequences things like we can, you know, when a person asks for account, external accountability, they're asking really for consequences. Guess what? There are no consequences that are going to be high enough, at least in this, that are instantaneous, right? Like with fitness and health, it's not an instant, hey, we're going to die tomorrow. <laughs> like somebody's pointing a gun to your head. Like if you don't get your shit together, I'm going to pull this trigger. That's not happening. Yeah. It's a slow 
thing over time and people don't have the urgency to act because it's not a, it's a slow burn. It's a slow burn. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is that we cannot, no one, nobody can create enough consequences in this realm to make you want to change. Mm-hmm. It would, can't. We've said on the podcast before, it would, it would be better if it, if the sixth pop tart just killed you, <laughs> like that would make it easier. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't charge, I can't charge you enough money. I cannot do anything to make you, to make you want to change unless you absolutely want to yeah. do it. That's mm-hmm. good stuff. I think so. I like to ask my clients, to write down the version of themselves they want to be, like truly and genuinely mm-hmm. want to be, and use that as a motivator to help them remind themselves, okay, like who do I want to be? And this is what I'm going to need to do to get there. Yeah, because if your actions are motivated by that, then that's going to be something that will keep you moving yeah. um, more than a goal weight. That's yeah, for sure. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess every day you're moving a little bit closer to becoming that person, and your weight may change a lot from day to day (laughs) yeah and i mean to circle back to the to the topic we were originally talking about is like you can still even think about like okay what is what does my life want to look like what do i want to be doing you know even from a from a food standpoint or like tracking standpoint right because that's actually helpful and that's something i do ask people a lot like a lot of my clients it's like hey like long term from now where do you see yourself in terms of you know, tracking your food and, and doing things like that. Cause I definitely had some people who are like, I love tracking food. Mm-hmm. Same right? here. And then some people are like, I don't want to track my food for the rest of my life. So that definitely also helps, you know, um, you know, if you're working with a coach to, for them to know what's your long-term plan here, like what is, <laughs> right. what is your ultimate happy place? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Anything else y'all want to bring up before we close this one out? I mean, this is fire, dude. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, this, if you don't listen to this podcast and you, yeah, like, this was fire. We got to do this more often. Yeah. You're only 30 I'm only minutes like 30, away. 30, 45 minutes away. Yeah. If I can get here on time, I mean, you know, I'm pretty slow getting out here. Why don't y'all tell um, everybody where they can find both of y'all respectively on the socials and interwebs? Yeah. You can find me at uh, Instagram, Alex Q. Macklin, um, and then AlexMacklin.com. And then you can find me on Instagram at Brianna French underscore and Brianna French fitness.com. Love it. Thank you guys for doing this. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. Thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. But real quick, before we go, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Be sure and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at digital barbell for all of the latest and greatest free content. If you're interested in working with Blakely and I, we'd love to talk. Apply for coaching with the link in the description of this episode or by visiting digitalbarbell.com. We'd love to talk about helping you reach your goals with a training and nutrition program built just for you. Thanks again and have a great day.